0: What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Bucks as Milwaukee get the Abu, Abu Dhabi double underway. And it starts with a loss. They're now 0 2 in preseason. And we spoke a lot about the defense on yesterday's episode. And I think we might talk a little bit more about the defense on this episode and try and find uh, some positives as the Bucks try and get going for season 22 23. Let's get started.
1: Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Yeah.
0: Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday, and also find some other stuff over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of Brewhoop.com, and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And uh, as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts. So. Milwaukee lose this one, 123-113. to 113. Bud was back on the bench and uh, looked like he was in pain. And I don't necessarily just think that was because of the off-season surgery that he had because this was probably not a, a defensive performance that uh, he would love to see. Before we get into you know, perhaps what didn't go right, I'm a positive guy, Frank. And I want to start with any type of positive. We saw Giannis for the first time in preseason, which was fun. Are you you taking any positives from this uh preseason game, Frank? Javon Carter's shooting, perhaps?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say Javon Carter uh, you know, kind of became a running joke about him shooting 56% yes. from three in the regular season last year, and then I think he was three out of seven from three in the playoffs. So uh I know there was some uh comments from him after the game talking about. You know, how, uh, crediting some of it to the gravity of Giannis and Drew and, and Chris, and how, oh, it's just, just easy looks or whatever. Uh, I don't, I don't think that fully explains <laughs> you, you shooting five out of six from three in this game and 56% <laughs> last year. And again, relatively small sample. I think he was 24 out of 43, I think, from three. Um, but yeah, I mean, just really impressive. I mean, he's not a guy that you, Signed because you looked at him as a instant offense guy. So the fact that he's been able to at least be competent offensively uh so far has has been a positive. And well, I don't know how long he can make shots at this rate, right? But if he's gonna shoot 40% from three and he's 37% from his career, uh, if he could be a 40% three-point shooter and he actually shoots a decent volume which is, you know, the complaint we've always had about George Hill is that he just doesn't take shots. And by the way, George, two shots in 17 minutes tonight didn't hit either of them, kind of continuing that trend. So, yeah, I mean, nice to see Javon Carter playing. He, he played next to George Hill for for a lot of this game um, as Bud kind of brought those two off the bench together. Uh, but, you know, uh, that was a, po- applause, a positive. What I always talk about positives, Kane. What, what do I always talk about for positives in preseason games and and euro basket games and what what is the first thing i always look for i'm, I'm pop quizzing you right now uh what does frank care most about in these games good vibes
0: uh good health good, good health, health. There you and go. uh and i will say there's been a lot of talk about jordan clarkson uh potential trade to the Bucks. but why would you want to trade for the walmart javon carter that's my question for uh everyone listening to the podcast
1: yeah um <laughs> uh i was like really do we have to have a jordan clarkson Discussion this early in the podcast. Okay. Just a um, joke. Yeah, it's fine. Um <laughs> now you just completely threw me off. But um, yeah, good health. Giannis got his first run of the preseason, 21 minutes, missed a bunch of jump shots, 19 points in 21 minutes, ho hum, you know, by his standards. Um, but you know, overall you you lost the minutes when your good players were in. Giannis was a minus eight, Drew minus twelve. Um Bobby was the lone starter uh, at plus one who, who had a positive, but Bobby was five out of 15. So not, nothing to write home about for, for Bobby either. So um, I think, you know, a couple, couple random highlights there from the bench between Javon Carter and Serge Ibaka, 15 points on nine shots. Um, you know, I think he had the only block the Bucks had in this game. Uh, and, you know, had a couple like random uh, kind of not great misses, but, uh, you know, Serge Ibaka looking relatively spry is obviously a positive given the lack of depth they had at the big spots last year. We'll see how much they need him. We saw Serge and Mamu come in together, right? I think as far as like interesting pairings to be playing together. Um, One interesting to see Bobby Portis in the starting five with Brooke and Giannis. So the return of that jumbo lineup that we saw post Chris Middleton injury uh, in the playoffs last year, uh, starting in the Chicago series. Uh, And then Mamu and Serge being the two bigs off the bench to spell, uh, Giannis and Brooke, uh, you know, again, I, I don't think that's a sign of things to come necessarily or anything like that, but, you know, just always interesting to see what, what Bud is, is kind of throwing against the wall to see if it sticks in the preseason. Um, but I think, I think that th- those would be, you know, again, good health, get first run out for some of these guys, you know, Grayson Allen made shots again tonight. Um, and you made it through healthy and obviously a weird scenario playing in Abu Dhabi the first time the league has played, I think in the Middle East period. So uh, good to get this first game out of the way. Saturday, they have the second game and then back home. And, um, you know, I don't know, a, a strange situation, right? Because I'm sure, you know, with all the travel, you know, again, uh, you're in a weird kind of probably weird mental state. I'm sure guys were a little amped up because, you know, it's an event. Um, so it's not like just any preseason game. Um, but, you know, I don't think you t- can take much, a whole lot from from these sorts of games, especially when you're for a team like the Bucks and the way that you're kind of just pacing yourself ramping up. But that said, um, you know, pretty limited list of positives if we're looking at sort of the, the game and, and what we saw on the floor and probably a, a number of things that you can say you know, areas, let's say just for the bucks to clean up, which I'm, I'm sure we'll probably spend a fair bit of time on talking about now.
0: Yeah. I want to lean into those, uh, perhaps talking points. And again, as you pointed to, it's the first preseason game for a lot of these guys. So no one's losing any sleep over this, but I, I do think there was some interesting elements to that. I've got one more positive, uh, well, two more positives. Uh, one I'm about to talk about bed online, but, uh, my second positive is that, uh, The Hawks were 7 for 22 from 3. Only 22 three-point attempts. That's great. All right, let's talk about bet online now. The number one place and number one source for football betting info this season. I've just been scrolling the timeline, and it seems like uh, tonight's Thursday Night Football, perhaps not uh, the showcase uh, the the fans at home were after. I I can't say that I watched that game, but uh, not positive reviews on Twitter. But there is positive reviews for betonline.net and you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news and podcasts and in-depth articles at betonline.net as I uh, pull up the uh, – the oh, that's the wrong one. Shout out to Price though also a great company, but uh, there's BetOnline. So uh, struggling through this, Frank. But the, it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing and golf as well i think there's a uh, big ufc event this weekend in uh, that part of the world as well as i mentioned yesterday most improved player odds are online and uh, sadly no bucks to speak of there but if you're interested in any players there find all the odds as well as futures Giannis mvp defensive player of the year bucks uh, right up there in terms of favoritism for the nba championship as well so head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more that's bet online where the game starts Uh, Thanks again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. And make sure you check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview starting on October 10, a six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of Locked On will uh, combine into one Ultimate NBA Preview starting October 10. Search for the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's continue talking about this game. So, is it, is it
1: is it is it preseason for ad reads too, Kane? Oh, I feel like yes. I feel like you're working out some kinks here, big guy. Normally, <laughs> normally, I mean, you're the king of the ad, the ad though. I'll I'll give you a little bit of preseason grief for that one. Easy for me to say. I don't have to do them. But
0: no, no, there's there is there's a bit going on in my in my mind at the moment. I, I had a bit of a I had a bit of a busy morning actually. Um, you know, Australia, the the MBL. For those people that are listening and that play NBA 2K, so the NBL has, uh, they've got a team that's joining the 2K League this year. So I was at this event this morning and they're all very excited about it. I don't play video games. So I was very out of my depth uh, at this, uh, you know, big production they put on. Um, so I just sort of came in the door so I'm a little bit rattled. there's no doubt about it but as far as <laughs> as far as my ad reads go, that one's right down the bottom you, and I would I would like to publicly apologize you interviewed you, like...
1: inter- you interviewed Pau Gasol on TV the other day you seem to be fine with that but, but now being around video game players has just totally thrown you Kane. is that is that the your Achilles heel just having to hang out with with video gamers?
0: I just couldn't believe there's this guy he's Australian. I never heard of him before but apparently he's a big deal and uh, they asked him, you know, you're a pro video gamer. What does that look like? He goes, well, you know, we play 2K probably eight to 10 hours a day. And then after that, we go into film sessions about the other, you know, teams and study film. And I I just like couldn't wrap my head around it. And by the way, this guy has got, got significantly more money than me and he's probably very rich and, you know, full credit to him for making this a career. But I just could not imagine. But imagine playing 2K for 10 hours per day every day. It's not for me, not for me, Frank. But hey, you know,
1: I I, I used to uh, in the mid '90s when I was in like I guess I was in going from You're playing in, Alex the kid, school, Sonic the Hedgehog, middle school to high school at that time. Um, no, my my best friend Dave and I would uh, would hang out in his basement and play NBA Live '95. Oh, and um, we we would. We were both uh, David Robinson fans, and so we actually played with the Spurs. We did. I think we played with the Bucks a little bit. That was when uh, you know they they had Glenn Robinson, and then eventually they got Ray Allen. But I actually uh, I played a lot with the uh, we played a lot with the Spurs, and uh, I think we I think we added some some players. I think we added Ray Allen when he was at UConn. We made a player for Ray Allen, and so maybe kind of you know it worked out him eventually landing on the box but yeah those are those are the glory days of my my basketball video game playing and then i i played a little bit of like nba live 99 i had that game too for uh gamecube was it no n64 it was n64 and i'd played that in in college a little bit but after that my uh my basketball video game playing uh pretty much dried up so i yeah eight to ten hours just that's seems like a whole lot of
0: a whole lot of video games it's a lot but it's a full-time job i mean my job's basically just watching basketball and people would uh clearly scoff at that as well so hey who am i to judge but the main point being apologies to bet online uh we really appreciate the support uh all right let's get back to this game <laughs> so i mentioned uh leading in to that uh subpar ad read that the hawks shot seven for 22 from three so if you missed yesterday's podcast a great friend, Eric Name, all of a sudden a regular back on the podcast. Uh, he discussed the story that he wrote, the Bucks changing their defense, trying to limit three-point attempts. If they can, we know there's going to be some tweaking. So, you know, 22 three-point attempts in a modern NBA game is a very, very low number. But the problem is that they still scored 123 points. They were 40 for 64 on two-point attempts. They had 28 free-throw attempts. Uh, so clearly, if there is more attention to detail in terms of sticking to three-point shooters' closeouts, it's going to open up some other stuff. You also mentioned the fact that they started with a super big lineup, which perhaps isn't going to uh, lean into excellence in terms of perimeter defense and stopping the point of attack. So, again, it's only one game, but do we take anything from this or anything in particular that you saw on the defensive end because it wasn't a a standout performance, shall we say?
1: No, it wasn't, and... Look, the Hawks were, I think, the number two offense in the league last year. Yeah. Uh, Trey is, you know, a great sort of offensive engine. Uh, he's terrific in pick and roll. We saw him getting to the to the paint and and being able to finish at times. Him being able to go up top for lobs at times, uh, you know, between Collins and Capella, uh, in particular. Obviously, they have you know a couple of really good rim rollers. Guys that know how to, you know, have that really good chemistry with Trey. So, you know, you're kind of going in at the deep end, trying to work on, again, defensive kind of changes and tweaks and things like that against a team like the Hawks. And, um, you know, trying to play two on two, going over screens against Trey and and those role men. Um, it's a recipe for getting scored on a lot. And I, I don't know what what was the what was the Hawks points per play on pick and rolls today. Uh, I think when the bucks went over and just played drop, it must've been like 1.9, 1.9 <laughs> 9 points per possession or something. It, it seemed like every, every possession was a short float or a layup or, or an alley dunk. Um, and so, you know, I think it just underscores what do we learn? Well, it underscores that there's no free lunch, right? It's great to say, you know, don't help, um, and just stay on shooters, but it just puts a ton of pressure. And especially if true Holiday is going over screens and. Maybe going at preseason pace rather than, you know, uh playoff pace in terms of how hard he's trying to get over screens. Um, I mean, again, if you're saying like Brooke Lopez is washed because he can't defend Trey Young and <laughs> or Trey Young and uh, uh John Collins at the same time, I mean most people pretty much nobody can do it uh every play, right? You just it's just can you force more misses than than not, or you know, can you get some help on the backside? Which again, today we didn't see a whole lot of. But I would also say this: I mean, the Bucks—they tried different things during the game. We saw when Bobby Portis was out there, they switched um, probably more often than not when Bobby was um, put into pick and rolls. Which I, I've always felt is like probably like the lesser of of multiple evils with Bobby. Um, I think, especially when defenders are are not, you know, it's not their calling card. I think you just have to tr- try different things and and try to keep the offense a little off balance. I think switching Bobby, I think is generally, uh, you know, to me is like a totally okay thing to try to do. And I think today what we saw um, was when the the Hawks were at least forced into tougher shots. It was when oftentimes the bucks were switching and uh, give credit to Dante Murray. He was great today. He was much better than Trey was. Um, He was just kind of making everything from the mid range and he's become a really, you know, really consistent mid range shooter. He deserves a lot of credit. Again, he's also not Kevin Durant, even though today it, it felt like it, with the frequency that he was just nailing all those mid-range shots, even contested ones. Um, but you know, I think uh, we'll just see kind of how this preseason goes. You know, every game, I mean, it's it's rare it's rare in one NBA basketball game that a team is going to play literally every pick and roll the same way you're always trying different things based on your personnel based on the other team's personnel based on what's happened in the first quarter, second quarter, et cetera, et cetera. So people, you know, fans love to say like, Oh, they didn't make adjustments. It's like they make so many adjustments in games and they try so many different things, especially in a preseason game where I think they're kind of screwing around a bit and, you know, experimenting and things like that. So yeah, I mean, if you watch the film, I think you'd see the bucks tried a number of different things in pick and rolls, but I would say in, in general, they were obviously trying to generally play them two on two and, I think, you know, you can kind of see the end result, right? I, I think probably the, the crazy shooting that the Hawks had on two-pointers, I and mean, we were talking about four, you know 40 of 64, I mean, that's absurd, right? And that's why they scored 123 points. Um, it certainly wasn't because of the three-point shooting. But at the end of the day, all that matters is you score a ton of points. Nobody cares how you get there. And so for the Bucks, it's just going to be about figuring out what is the sweet spot between – helping between taking away the rim and trying to keep teams you know run them off the line at least enough so that you're not just hemorrhaging lots and lots of threes so um yeah you know i'm not gonna over over index on one game they get them again uh, on saturday so we'll be interesting to see after both teams have had a chance to look at each other not that you know, Nate McMillan and Mike Budenholzer is going to turn this into a game of eight-dimensional chess, trying to desperately one-up one another uh, in this sort of mini two-game preseason series. They're obviously more focused on their own teams and kind of getting reps, doing things um, in the ways that they think they need to to work on things. So, but but that in itself obviously will be make for some interesting subplots here as as we get you know more and more games. But I mean you only get so many preseason games, right? I mean, it's not like you're playing 10 preseason games and, um, you know, you, you get tons and tons of looks at and trying at different things. The season will be upon us pretty soon. So, uh, you know, you only get so many reps to to try things. And you, I don't think you want to treat these preseason games like they're, you know, nothing or completely useless or something like that. Even if maybe at times you watch these games as a fan, you feel like, okay, let's just sim to end fast forward and let's get to the regular season.
0: Uh, offensively, I was still, and keeping in mind, there was there was a couple of players still out, obviously for the Bucs, and yeah, Giannis played as you pointed to around twenty minutes, so it's not like he played major minutes. But I do, and this isn't something new, and we obviously saw this at the back end of last year when Chris Middleton didn't play, but it still does feel like there is going to be stretches for this team without Chris Middleton where you kind of quickly find out that. There aren't too many guys that are really breaking down a defense to get a pretty good look, a pretty good jump shot. You saw Grayson Allen. He got to the to the basket a few times. Uh, but again, I wouldn't say Atlanta are a, a fearsome defense, but it did feel like there was a lot of quick threes, which the Bucs will shoot. But I wouldn't say the offense felt like it was overly easy either in this one, despite the fact that the Bucs still put up over 110 points and the numbers all look good they were in the high 40s on twos 35 percent from three but uh, they are going to miss chris milton early in the season
1: for sure and you know i think as you think about the bucks you know chances at winning you know finishing atop the east or second or third in the east um if Chris Middleton is out, you know, 10 games, that that's pretty material, right? Because we know that they're going to miss games throughout the regular season and they'll be rested and you pick up random knocks and the Bucks aren't going to want to risk things during the season. So, um so I think yeah, you don't want to rush anything with Chris, but you want to you know, you kind of need to get him back sooner rather than later yeah. if you're going to want to, you know, have those margin of error, uh, the margin of error on on given nights that you know you don't need to hit a ton of threes or Giannis doesn't have to score thirty eight points on you know nineteen shots in order to to win. So, um, so I, I agree. I mean, yeah, these unfortunately we're now getting a lot of games, a lot of opportunity to appreciate what Chris does through his <laughs> absence, which hopefully will not continue a whole lot longer. Uh, and I think it's also like it did in the playoffs last year laid bare kind of like the weirdness of the Bucks roster construct, not weirdness of the Bucks roster construction. That's maybe not putting it right, but you know, there, there isn't a natural Chris Middleton replacement guy here. And that's part of why we saw three big men starting this game. That's why we saw some of these kind of random combinations of, of bench players coming in. Um, we saw Jordan War and Marjon Beauchamp relatively later. I think they both played, I think only mm-hmm. in the second quarter, maybe. Um, but you know, they were not certainly at not at the top of the the bench rotation or anything like that. And if this was a regular season game, would those guys have played at all? I don't know. Probably Marjon Beauchamp wouldn't. I think I don't think you know Bud is necessarily showing lo- looking at him as a guy that that he can count on at this point. So Yes. Chris Middleton feel better soon. And the other piece of this as well, obviously is because Joe Ingalls, the other guy that you, you know, went out and signed, he basically, you know, the only guy you went out and signed who, who wasn't on the team last year, basically uh, he obviously is not going to be back anytime soon either. So yeah, it does put the bucks in a bit of a weird spot because on paper, their version of them that's healthy um, is a lot deeper at sort of that like three, small ball four spot than it is right now and
0: probably will be over the next few weeks. So uh, as we, and again, there's only so many things you can take from these preseason games. So I wanted to go back to something we discussed on the podcast a couple of days ago, because I don't believe that we've spoken about it. And there was a lot of feedback on the YouTube comments and people were just super interested about the idea of Jay Crowder. So whether or not it's, it's possible, uh, let's get your take on Jay Crowder, keeping in mind that Let's just run with the hypothetical scenario that you would have to trade Grayson Allen to get Jay Crowder, and based on what we've just spoken about, based on really the limited offense that Jay Crowder brings, is that even something that that makes sense to you?
1: I think Jay Crowder would have been a lot more appealing in like late June before you hit free agency and went out and and signed Joe Ingles. Um, right, yeah, yep. you know, like you said, I think. And it's a weird spot, right? I mean, if Jay Crowder is too proud to come off the bench in Phoenix, (laughs) yeah, that's right. um, It's kind of a weird spot, right? It's like I I still don't fully understand how Monty Williams has lost, like, you know, seemingly lost touch with two of his starters from last year in terms of like the DeAndre Ayton weirdness uh, and also this Jay Crowder thing now. I mean, Jay Crowder becoming a high minute bench guy still, right? I mean, it's not like if Cam Johnson starts that suddenly Jay Crowder like is playing five minutes a game or (laughs) isn't playing or something like that. So I don't know. I I don't know what that says about Jay Crowder versus what it says about Monty Williams and the Suns. Um, But obviously, he's not going to start here. And just generally that, you know, some of the context of this, I think, was it Zach Lowe, I think, who talked about the Bucks being in on Jeremy Grant or kicking the tires on Jeremy Grant before he was traded to Portland. Um, Just kind of like interesting to me because I'm, you know, just trying to think about, okay, what, what does that mean for your rotations and how are you envisioning, you know, piecing together, you know, your best five or, you know, your kind of main rotations. I mean, I'd love to have Jeremy Grant on this team. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't know what it really would have taken to get him given the lack of first round picks that they have um he didn't go for a whole lot from uh from Portland but uh certainly with him you would have had to play him a lot of minutes he's also a guy that like you know seemingly wants to have a real role offensively and yeah. if That's he's why coming he here down. like yeah i mean if he's coming here there's i can I, I mean can you start him can you you start him at the 3 and play Chris Middleton at the two, which he did like, I mean, Chris Middleton played shooting guard, like what, four or five years ago when Jabari was around. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's interesting to me. I don't fully, I don't fully know exactly what that would mean for the Bucs, especially from a regular season rotation standpoint. I think in the playoffs having a Crowder to throw out there as an option in a series against Boston when, you know, somebody's got to defend Jason Tatum for 48 minutes and yes, you've got Wes and hopefully you'd have Chris and, you know, hopefully those guys would do a lot of that work, but having a Crowder when, you know, you the other team has two really good wings to defend, like that's appealing, but I think you pointed out as well as Jay Crowder, really going to play much three at this point. I don't know. It seems like more of a small ball four. so, um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, Is there a version of the world where you acquire jay crowder and he ends up being a really good fit for you i I think so i think there's a version of that world um but at this point uh, i i don't know that he's really that guy and um certainly his his uh, mercurial three-point shooting in the playoffs i guess would fit right in with the bucks uh we could you know another guy that we could complain about um having random series where he just can't shoot right uh, you know, I think the upside is he's a guy that can hit above the break threes. He's not like a PJ Tucker who's like only hit shooting corner threes, but it's really not a guy who's, you know, a dynamic offensive player by any stretch. So I, I'm not really sold on that idea. Um, I think in the playoffs, again, if, you know, Grayson Allen is shooting blanks all series, then of course it's going to be pretty tough because he's not giving you much offensively either. Um, but just given the way the current roster is structured, I might lean towards just keeping keeping what you've got and seeing if there's maybe a, a different player that that could make make more sense. And, and again, if you had made a trade for Jay Crowder in June and then you use that mid-level to go after a guy who's a little bit smaller and more of like a shooting guard slash small forward type guy, then I think that probably would have been a much more sort of like cohesive roster that you could have felt like, okay, yeah, like that makes sense. And, you know, Crowder's your primary kind of, maybe four slash three backup or something like that. Um and and then you've got another guy that's sort of filling filling Grayson's spot. But uh but yeah, I think if you kind of make that deal now, it's uh, it's a little bit funky and part of me looks at this roster and feels like, especially in the regular season that Grayson Allen's three point shooting, the way he stretches the defense, and you know, he still has a little bit of juice getting in the basket as well. Like that, that's actually a pretty useful thing to have.
0: Yeah, I think we basically settled on the idea the other day that I probably wouldn't recommend Jay Crowder on this Bucks roster, but I wouldn't recommend him on your fantasy roster either, which uh, if you want to know who you should have in your fantasy roster, go listen to Josh Lloyd on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. He's a a great Aussie, a great bloke, and he knows his fantasy basketball. The show just uh, does absolutely absurd numbers. Very jealous of the numbers. We, we we like our our crowd here on Locked On Bucks, but uh, maybe one day we can uh, have the type of numbers he has on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. But after you're done with Locked On Bucks, go check it out uh, with Josh Lloyd. There, he does a great job. Uh, Frank, what's up for the weekend? Saturday morning hoops, 11 a.m. I believe is the next game against Atlanta in Abu Dhabi.
1: Yeah, 11 a.m. I'll I'll take that. We got. I think the Packers are playing at 8:30 a.m. Central on Sunday. So just Beautiful. breakfast breakfast wisconsin sports uh on both saturday and sunday i as someone who has a four and a half year old who does not sleep in uh i'm, I'm not a morning person but i've had to become one uh because of my, my daughter and her penchant for when she wants to get up <laughs> in the morning um so so yeah i can't i can't argue with uh with some some ba- some basketball and then football before noon that's that's something i'll
0: uh, i'll definitely look forward to hey you live in that australian lifestyle there's that's the times the games usually start over here. It's uh, it's optimum viewing time if you're uh, fortunate enough to not have to be in an office somewhere, uh, Frank. But we'll podcast after that game, I'm sure. I'll be watching. We'll be able to see if the Bucs can perhaps close some of those gaps on the defensive end, and we'll have a podcast to wrap it up as preseason continues to roll on. Outside of the ad read, how do you think I – how do you think I performed tonight is uh, possible? Possible. <laughs> in,
1: impassable. Um, oh. No, Kane, it's always a pleasure and um, I'm, I'm excited for the regular season to get here sooner rather than later. But you know, in the meantime, I can, I can tolerate some preseason. Do we want to talk uh, before we, before we jump, I feel like we, we have to at least get in some Marjan Beauchamp talk. Not, not that there's a, a ton to, to say about him. Um, yeah. I would say kind of similar to game one. I mean, he scored four points again, but I I think in general, similar to game one in that um, foul trouble on defense, probably my biggest concern right now, to be honest, because as raw as he looks offensively and as limited as he looks offensively, I kind of expected that based on the summer performance. He did hit a a nice little kind of dribble in step back corner, long two that looked like a three, um, but was ruled a two. And then, um, had a pretty nice drive to the basket that he overlaid and then kind of got his own tip in. So, you know, again, like, if you squint hard enough, you can kind of see the outlines of something offensively with him. Um, but I think we all know, like, if he's going to contribute anything as a rookie that's that's real and not just, you know, eating up minutes while guys are injured or, you know, getting developmental time when the Bucks rest everybody, uh, it's going to be because he figures out defense a little bit. And I think he's at like eight fouls and 39 preseason minutes or something like that at this point. So I would say my expectation of, you know, Marjan grabbing minutes and and forcing Bud to play him early in the season is, you know, that, that feeling is receding a little bit. Um, it seems like it's going to be probably maybe a bit of a longer slog with him trying to kind of adapt to the NBA game. And, um, you know, I again, you, you've, you've called me the skeptic. Um, I don't. I don't. I I resent the skeptic. Uh, I will call myself the rookie real realist. Um, because right now I think yeah, it's it's slow going, and um, you know, important that he get reps and just get some time on the floor. Because, uh, you know, again, short of injuries, I, I don't know at this point that you can expect him to play a whole lot once the regular season comes. And right now, obviously, no. Chris Middleton, West Matthews was rested with a sprained ankle. Um, you know, even and even in that scenario of a preseason game, you know, only 12 minutes today. So uh and Jordan Wara also didn't play a whole lot. So I thought that was a bit interesting that both those guys were were pretty much reduced to kind of secondary roles. So um we'll see what that means. But um, you know, again with rookies, I feel like you just sort of have to expect the hope for the best, expect the worst. And um, especially in a team like this, it's kind of hard to to really bank on on young guys um, really earning real minutes, and certainly uh, it's going to be a process with him. That's that that is my <laughs> let's just say that's that's how I'm feeling about it at the moment.
0: No, it's fair uh, for sure. I have called you the rookie skeptic, but rookie realist also works. And I do think that Bud was up in the suite the other night, and he said, "That's it. These guys are playing too much." I'm getting there. <laughs> Getting down to the bench and laying down the law, but we did have a YouTube commenter the other day, just as we wrap this up, that said that you know I don't listen to your show very often because you're too harsh on Jordan Mora. And like, so here's the deal: like we can come on here and say that Jordan Mora is a scorer and he can do all these things on the offensive end and it's fantastic, but the reality is we're going to talk about Jordan Mora and Marjon Bochan and Thanasis and all these guys that are outside the rotation through the lens of what do they have to do to get minutes in this Bucks team? I mean, that's just the reality. So I think when we were talking about Jordan Warr the other night, we said he scored 21 points. We didn't really see anything we hadn't seen before. It's not necessarily knocking him. He would be playing on other teams in the NBA, but on this team, in this rotation, what does he have to do to get minutes? Uh, clearly to this point, it's going to be challenging for them to do that. So it's not necessarily being overly critical to a towards those guys. It's just asking the question how do they play on this team when you have a bunch of solid vets that are just simply more consistent, particularly defensively. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's going to be challenging. This is a deep team. And particularly really in, in that position as well. And that's without Chris Milton and Joe Ingalls and you know whoever else is going to play there. So yep, not 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 a huge night for Bochamp, but we'll see. See what happens in a in a couple of days' time. Anything else, Frank? Happy Friday to everyone, and uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy
1: early morning basketball and football if you're a Packers fan. And um, have a great, have a great weekend to you too, Kane. I guess no, no more footy for you, huh? You're just a you're just a footy champion, and your team won the title. Got is it you kind of just ba- still basking in the the afterglow a little bit?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just got back to Melbourne, so there's still a a few, uh, you know, like uh, lots of Geelong colors up around the city still. So everyone's still loving it. I'll probably watch a replay at some point this weekend. And it's trade and free agency period, and Geelong's just picking up all these players. So it's happy days on the road to back to back. Love it. Can't wait. Uh, it's gonna be good. So, anyway, we'll be back after this Bucks and Hawks game, too. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already on audio or on YouTube and everyone just strive to get better. I'll strive to get better over the weekend in speaking English and we'll see what we can come up with next week.